This episode of the TCIA podcast is brought to you by Kopma Cranes, the most competitive knuckle boom crane for the tree care industry. Unleash your full potential with Kopma for tree care. Kopma Cranes are built for heavy duty applications with the best hydraulic technology to maximize your reach and lifting capacity like never before. Kotma's tech team, together with the unique know-how of tree care professionals, has developed the ultimate top-range cranes models for grapple saw applications. Extra functions to the tip with no diverter valves are making it ready for the grapple saw. Kotma represents the edge of mechatronic innovation thanks to superior oil flow with 5 8 inch hoses directly to the grapple. A true 100% stability at 360 degrees angle with the possibility of Kotma Remote Connectivity 4.0, a unique GPRS communication for diagnosis and remote adjustment of parameters in real time. Kotma cranes have been built since the 60s with the highest grades of steel resistance and the most reliable and advanced Italian design and engineering made to outperform an intensive use in the field. Visit cpsgroup.com for more information or contact your local Kotma dealer. Samson is excited to introduce V24, the next level in premium double braided climbing lines, providing high strength and low stretch. V24 was engineered so the core and the cover work in unison, ensuring the same high quality and performance that you have come to expect from all Samson products. In addition, V24 provides excellent knot holding, foot locking, and works seamlessly with climbing hardware. Available in 11mm, 12mm, and 13mm, all sizes are CEEN 1891 certified. For more information on V24, visit samsonrope.com or contact your local supplier. Bobcat small articulated loaders fit within tight boundaries and they work beyond the limits. Their impressive lifting capabilities are housed in a machine that easily works inside fenced in landscapes, small lots and more. They're the ultimate tools for tree care professionals. A tight turning articulation joint allows precise maneuverability and a telescoping lift arm on the L28 model extends your reach to grab or dump materials in tricky areas. An automatic turf safe traction mode limits the chance of cutting into the turf while you work. The wide variety of Bobcat attachments helps you handle whatever the job dishes out, whether it's moving logs, digging, hauling dirt, or clearing snow. With Bobcat quality, comfort, and performance, this machine fits right in and rises to the challenge every time. To learn more about small articulated loaders or to check out the full Bobcat compact loader lineup, visit bobcat.com or see your local dealer. <laughs> I'm Betsy Parks. Um, I live and work in Cleveland area, Northeast Ohio. Um, I am a climbing arborist. My husband and I own a tree service and landscape company. Um, I've been doing it probably between eight and nine years. Um, and probably one of my favorite things about arboriculture, which I think is really important, is that, uh, you know, we, we get to do something different every day and I could do this for another 20 years and still not do all of it. Okay, I can go next. Uh, I'm Nicole. Uh, Benjamin Harden. A lot of people call me Carney. Uh, it's a rugby nickname. That's another life. Um, and I got into arboriculture six years ago, just back in August. And I got lucky that I was able to start with Heartwood Tree Service. Um, and I worked there for about three and a half years. And then now I've been on my own um, for the last two and a half. Primarily now I just contract, um, contract climber and also have a small business with my husband. Um, but since we caught the preggers and uh, have a little one, he is uh, a stay-at-home dad and it's just easier to contract. So I'm not working 14 hour days as a, a business owner. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Betsy nailed it on the head. Uh, I definitely just love the variety uh, every day of, of what we do um, and just uh, embracing the, uh, Embracing the suck, you could say, or uh, just being comfortable in uncomfortable moments is something that just keeps me coming back, I guess. Um, so I'm Star Quintero. 
I started in arboriculture um, probably about 10 or 11 years ago. Um, my mom is actually an arborist, uh, so I grew up working high school summers with her. But I didn't start climbing until college, and I didn't start full-time climbing until about five or six years ago. I recently started my own little business so I could facilitate uh, being a stay-at-home mom and being a climber because I'm passionate about both. I really love how you kind of enter a new, like, another dimension or other world once you're up in a tree. It's kind of a exciting thing for me, and it's really hard to give up, so... I'm Tana Bird, um, originally from Texas. I started in Trees 2014, um, doing it all the wrong ways. About 2018, I went to the WTCW and learned how to do it safely. And I have been, right now I'm working for Heartwood in North Carolina. And I've been actually went and worked for Parks Trees in Ohio for a little while and got to do some crane work, which is exciting. And I've just kind of been traveling around and trying to figure out how to do it right. Got this awesome circle of friends and I'm trying to soak up as much as I can from each and every one of them. I'm Maria Tranguch. I've been practicing arboriculture for seven years now by way of city planning. I was the planning director in a small town in Pennsylvania and they were hiring an arborist and I thought I think I want that job instead and I quit and started climbing and I uh, always had the intention of kind of mixing city planning with arboriculture so I'm just about wrapped up with a graduate certificate in urban forestry and I'm a registered consulting arborist and I started my own business called Legacy Land Consulting in 2018 um, and that's really based on me combining those two things but also being more proactive about you know being on in right relationship with trees is kind of how I like to explain it. Um, I kind of just want to get into it and Maria because Tana offered you up I'm going to kind of direct this first one at you and you guys can pick up wherever you want but for somebody like me a climbing competition isn't really on my radar so for kind of all the people who aren't familiar with climbing competitions what do they entail and what does the process of entering into one actually look like? Yeah, I think I would just speak to anybody that is kind of curious about it and doesn't know what to expect. Um, it, it's pretty simple. You sign up, you go, you do the thing. It's the least, it's the most friendly competitive environment I've ever been in. Um, I was competitive my whole life and my first competition, I was going to volunteer and everyone in my office was like, no, don't do that. So I competed and had like the best time. I didn't know the rules, like, people were giving me like their pieces. So you can look up where the competitions are either on your local chapter, ISA chapter or on Facebook, there's tons of groups. And all you have to do is sign up and show up and you know let yourself be supported by the awesome people that are there really. I, I do want to chip in there because maybe it's just me, but I have a hard time in life just with everyday things, but it was extremely hard for me. I mean, signing up was not hard, but when I got there to gear check, was so overwhelming for me to have to go through every single piece of gear and write every single piece of it down. And you have to have all the, like, that was really overwhelming for me just because like the organization part of it. But I'll completely agree 100% about the most, like everybody's there to help. I've never been to a competition in any sport whatsoever. I've only played a couple of sports, but in, in, even in life that people are so willing to, I mean, give what they have away, you know I mean? As far as like knowledge. But mm -hmm. I disagree with Maria there on, it's not easy. I mean, yeah. we sat there and it was probably took us an hour and a half. And it was only because we had help that we got our gear, yeah. gear stuff done. Cause that was kind of difficult, but that's just my, my throw on it. Yeah, that's fair. And thank you for saying that, Tana. I think, you know, one of the things that the thoughts that I was having before we had this conversation is that I don't want people to assume just because all of us are women in the industry. We have the same experience and that goes for everything, not just competition. Um, and so, you know, for me, I just kind of, I showed up and I happen to have, you know, like Brick Riley and Rachel Brzezinski were in my group, uh, like my very first competition. So like, right. 
you know, I was just totally taken under wing and it was, it was pretty breezy and easy and fun and all that stuff. Yeah, I was, um, the first competition I was going to attend was Southern in 2017. <laughs> and so I would have only been climbing for about a month. <laughs> um, sh- super ambitious. Um, <laughs> but people started sending me messages. They'll be like, oh, this would be so cool. You'll be able to qualify to go to uh, North Americans or internationals because you're the only woman from the South. This was I mean, four years ago. Um, and I actually had a huge panic attack because I didn't want to go to internationals and North Americans just because I was the only representative for women in the South. Uh, so I ended up not competing that year. And um, what was really cool then was uh, someone in the Southern chapter reached out to Bull Hammerstrand out of Sweden, and she was in the States the following year. So she went so that she could help me like through the competition to encourage me and you know just be like it's just a it's just a game it's really not that big of a deal to like blow it up that big in your head but it's like one of the things I still am like so like I don't regret that I didn't go because I think I needed it for just a learning process of like you can be scared of something and decide that it's good for you to just not do it um but sometimes you're scared of something and it's just like go for it you know um so I was really thankful that some people from Southern chapter reached out to her and that she was willing to be there to help me Yeah, through all that paperwork, through like all the stuff in aerial rescue. Man, I remember having to like footlock just to get into the work climb tree and everyone thought that that was silly, but I didn't even know SRT at the time. So having those mentors to be able to encourage people and help them through it and realize that it should be fun. It shouldn't be a huge pressure thing. Like at the end of the day, you're just competing against yourself. Um, And really, as far as advancement, I feel like from sitting with people at competitions is where I gain knowledge that I didn't plan on learning that day, which is always Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And shout out to Bowl because that's an awesome mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I literally had a unicorn yeah. <laughs> um, so Joe, like, uh, Bull is like, she's just one. She's awesome, but she's like the unicorn of uh, arboriculture, and she'll, she'll like have unicorn stuff, uh, literally like unicorn backpack. She's got a unicorn helmet. Uh, at Jambo fun. one year, she wore like a giant unicorn uh, pool floaty, and on the giant uh, crane game that they had, it was ridiculous. So. Well, I'll tell you, when I first started looking into tree stuff, there was, like, King of the Canopy and Bowl. I actually bought her, like, a unicorn, like, headband, and I never even met her, and I was going to meet this girl someday. And, I mean, she, I've never met her still, but she is definitely one of the ones I would think would be an amazing unicorn. Yeah, and I need to ask a question, but how much climbing experience do you actually need to compete in a climbing competition? I mean, Nicole, you brought up that you only had a month. Is that, like actually a suitable amount of time for a competition purpose okay no totally not (laughs) totally not um so i'm really glad i didn't go but um because it just would have been i mean it would have been nerve-wracking i was still like making you know i'd like still like tie on my friction press like and have like someone would need to just double check it before i went up in the tree and i know like with isa comps there really isn't a a check and balance to see how competent you are as a climber, I guess you could say, besides maybe that gear check sheet. But I'm at the same time, like I still have anxiety about filling that thing out. Um, Anissa Wynn out of, she's out of um, Washington now, or Oregon, sorry, I can't remember. Those two states blended my head, but um, we always joke that we're just gonna finally get our stuff together and we're gonna have it typed out on our computer and we'll just have the same stuff every single time and we'll just print that sheet out and then we don't have to do that stress but that's uh, exactly that. what I started doing Carney because I it gave me so much anxiety I just kept a master sheet send me your sheet <laughs> I need your sheet because it was 
because of Alex Julius at Indiana. That's the only reason Anissa and I got through it. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. Maria, she's smart as a drum, but for me, I'm a little slower. I mean, I'm smart. You just can't tell it on paper. And I'm telling you, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. First competition I ever even seen, I went to Betsy. So I'm going to be the first person here to say it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm I was going to be, I love the gear check sheet and it makes me happy <laughs> and it makes my OCD feel really good. And no. I love going through all my carabiners and I love looking up where everything came from and writing it all out and making it pretty and it makes me happy. So ah, for all so of us awesome. having different experiences, <laughs> that's like the one thing that made sense to me was, oh, I can organize all my stuff. <laughs> so, anyways. Yeah. And for whoever told you that, Nicole, that just because you're the only girl you get to go, that's they still there's that was that was mean. So just because yeah, there's yeah. only one girl, you know, that was Yeah, um, it's it's uh it's a mixed bag and some it's weird. Some people said it uh like encouragement and some people said it out of spite. And at the end of the day, I really shouldn't it's really hard not to swear. Uh I shouldn't care what other people think. <laughs> But you know, stuff still like gets under your skin sometimes. So, and I was well, that, and it's not true. Yeah, you don't just get to go because you're the only girl. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, you still have you to still qualify. have to qualify regardless. Like, yeah, you have to still go do the thing. Yeah, yeah, right. you still got to do the things with the stuff yeah, and the so stuff, all that, and, you know, make it happen. So that's yeah, <laughs> right. Anyway, um, I but oh yeah, going back to what you asked, Joe. So like. ISA doesn't really have a standard that I know of to make sure people are competent, but a few other outside of um, ISA competitions sometimes will require that you have someone vouch for you if no one knows you or um, if, if you volunteer like two times at their events, because normally as a volunteer, you're asking you know, to clean out dead wood or set lines. Um, yeah, do dry dry runs or aerial rescues. So, um, which yeah. dry run is like okay, like they set up each area of events, and the dry runs, the people that actually set up the event for the climbers that are in the competition have to actually do a run in their event to see exactly like you know just to dial in all the stuff of I don't know take over right here, Maria Kimball. Yeah, I have to say, um, the first time I volunteered was internationals in Knoxville, and well, I guess it was 2019, mm -hmm. and um, I learned more. Like I, I, I did, I had the privilege of being at the top of the master's tree, which is like, so I think cool. I was the first female to get to do that, which was like mind-blowingly awesome. But and you know, shout out to Phil Kelly for, you know, nice. putting me there. But yeah, it was incredible. And you can learn so much more. You know, you're at one station usually for the whole day. So you're watching the way that people, different people climb and do things. And you're, you know, the repetition is in your head. You memorize the rule book. So, you know, if, if somebody's considering it and just has cold feet, just jump in as a volunteer. You'll still get to make all those awesome connections. You'll get to see people climb. You'll probably won't feel as nervous about it if you decide to climb the next time. So, yeah, my my sixteen year old he sat in Naom in Wichita and in um when we we went for the ISA deal before he ever in for Triapalooza and they sat in the arenas and he. He doesn't climb every day, so he doesn't, but he, after coming away from that Naomi, he was just like, mom, I, I know how to do work climbing. I, I learned so much sitting there all day long from every single person. He's like, I learned something from every person coming along. It's incredible what you learned just from volunteering. Yeah, and I guess my question to anybody on that one is, how do you practice for a climbing competition? Do you do it on, you know, company time? I know when we talked with Krista Stratting, when she was on, she said some companies will give um, their employees that kind of time sometimes in really rare cases. Other times you have to do it on your own. And then even sometimes you just don't get to practice. You just do what you've done on the job. How does that work for, for I guess, for each of you? I would say as far as like a good company goes, and I'm only knowing because I've heart would like anybody that cares about their employees wants 
their employees to practice aerial rescue only for the simple fact of that that's their family that's in the tree. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the person aerial rescue is something needed for a day of in trees. It's not something that that you just go compete. It's it's needed. It's not something it's not a fluke. Is that I mean, does that is that the right wording that I should use? Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. I think as far as support, I think it varies. Um I think it's you know, it could be little to none or if companies are usually the smaller companies are kind of woke to the amount that you you learn when you're there um, and they'll support that. But I mean, something that's, you know, a really big deal for women specifically is that often, so, you know, let's just say women are maybe 20% of the industry, probably way less when you look at climbing women and you know, there have been anecdotal evidence, and I think there have been some people that have done research on the actual opportunity that women get when they're in the field. They don't get in positions of being taught how to climb as often. You know, a lot of times women are put on the plant healthcare rig, or if they're in the field, um, you know, it's like, go drag that brush. We don't have time for you to learn this kind of a thing. And I'm speaking from, you know, kind of like qualitative type of research. I've heard a lot, you know, assistant instructor at the women's tree climbing workshop. So people come there with stories. And when I was at Bartlett, uh, they had their first annual women's gathering and, uh, you know, a lot of stories come out and they're the same. And so all that to say that when you get to climbing competition, sometimes that's your first opportunity to learn from like really good mentors and people that are willing to, to, um, to like take the time and show you on not under a production view. And I mean, there's so much more I could say about it, but I will say that something that yeah, I can say it now that I'm out on my own is something that I would like to stop seeing is, you know, little to no support for women who compete. And then when they do well, the tokenization of them. And I think, I, you know, I'm speaking freely, um, but it, it happens. And I, I think that it's probably happened to a number of people on this call. But yeah, I, so that's, I could always go down, <laughs> go down that path. But I do, you know, it runs the gamut. And really, um, the last company I worked with full-time, Asheville Arborist, they were like fully supporting because they understood, you know, I got the company car. They got, they paid my fee. It was full support because they knew that one, that exposure was great for them. And two, it made me safer on the job and it made me a better climber and more productive, more knowledgeable. What about you? What about at Parks? Bessie, what how, what's y'all's kind of standards with y'all's smaller company? How do y'all do that? We do what we want. Um, no, I'm just kidding. We, uh, um, so I'm actually bringing my trainee for the first time. Ohio Stomp is in two weeks, I believe. So I'm competing and I'm bringing, um, I don't know if you remember little David Tana, but he's been yeah, climbing for, for like the last six months. Yeah. So that's, that's a big like brand new climber, you know, like really motivated. So excited about that. We, we do both. Um, you know, I'm always like, obviously, you know, we all got to make money, but at the same time, like I'm, I am absolutely like always scoping, like, Hey, you guys want to do a scent for a little bit in this tree after we're done. You know what I mean? Like if we can, if we can get through the paid part, like we can, we can hang out and do some other stuff. And then like on the other end of it, you know, uh, the, what is it this coming Saturday, you know, we're just, we're going to go out off the clock and set up an AR scenario, you know, and just, and go play. So, cause he wants to, he wants to be a little more comfortable because he's feeling his, I don't want to look bad on my first time out. And I kept telling them that nobody knows what they're doing and it'll be fine. But, you know, so we're kind of like, we split, you know, I'm happy to pay. I pay, I mean, as far as like entry fees and hotel and everything, we're taking care of that. That's fine. You know what I mean? Um, he can have a truck, whatever. I think he's going to ride with us so he doesn't have to drive. But, you know, they're like, like Maria said, and it's really like the best way to, like the knowledge that you're going to bring home from it is, is worth any, you know, amount of money and like small time commitment of what we're, you know, giving up to be there or, you know, what it feels like as far as from an employer standpoint, if you're like, you know, giving up a couple of days of production to go do this, what you come home with is, you know, one, I mean, 
the skill level that you come home with, like the improved things. I mean, I don't know, like I can't count the number of times that I've watched somebody do something and been like, I know I could do that. I just never thought about doing that. You know what I mean? Cause you just don't know until you see someone else do it. And you're like, Oh, well, that's so simple. And I have those things and I could do that, but I, I just, yeah. it never occurred to me to put all of those together and do it that mm-hmm. way. So you go and you watch that. And then I think something else that is really important, especially, you know, in like the production side of things because it's really really easy to like go too hard especially when it's something that you love doing and like you know get a little burnout on it is that like this just like revitalizes me you know and gets me you know going until until the next one you know and I expect that for you know my my trainee that's coming with me I expect him to come down and have his mind blown you know and then just like have a bunch of exciting things to play around with and then you know plan on plan on the next thing so we can go and learn some more and it's we're such a a close community but we're all so spread out that we use these you know competitions or uh expo and whatnot to get together and just you know be around people that that just love what we do because there's a ton of people that do tree service but I feel like I don't know. It's a different type that that loves that loves it and is just you know really really into the climbing aspect of it and you know the, and the camaraderie like that. the camaraderie and like the soul food like what it gives you on the inside. It's like high school sports again, but it, it's like it means more because it's your lifestyle. I mean I don't know how to necessarily put that in words, but it's it's like even Tayson he's sixteen and he it's not necessarily his lifestyle, but he came away from it like with this full package of tools and this full package of like, like a little bit of soul food to nibble on. Like if he ever feels low or something, I don't know how to explain it. It's all these things. Like it fills your tank in so many areas. It opens up your world. You know, I think it's easy to think that the little company that you work for is the entire, like how the whole industry is. And then you go there and you're like, Oh my God, the industry is so much bigger. And there's, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing it did for me. So all the folks that I met competing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, um, Star, I got to watch her compete in Texas. And she did She did so good. She really did. But I was so, I, it was like, and I was watching her. And, is that Marley? <laughs> oh, anyways, it was really, really cool to see, like, because I've never been able to see. I watched Nicole compete at Naomi. And that was really cool, but I don't know, something switched in my head after actually like being in the, in the ring and competing and then watching star. It was like, I don't know. I'm starting to click it in there. It's it's, I don't know. It's more than just tree climbing. It's different dimension. I I would completely agree with star with a different dimension business. Thanks Tana. (laughs) Where is national this year? It's in Copenhagen, right? Yes. I believe that's the plan for next year. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, and congrats to Star for just taking Texas. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well deserved. I was all like, I was thinking, I was going up there, and my energy, if you know me, is kind of like a husky on the couch, anyways. And then I get up to Star, and I like, I don't know, for some reason, she rubs off of me, and she's so amazing. And I just looked at the trees, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun. I'm gonna do my best and have fun. It was like. You can say what you want all day, but there's so much pressure just on yourself, like how you are going to compete against yourself. But I don't know. When I stood beside Star, it was like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun and do my best. And it was kind of cool, but I'm not as good as Star, so I'm sure she had a little bit more Tana, it really, I think it really does come down to like a mental state. Because I don't know about the rest of you, but for me, I do a lot better when I'm relaxed and having fun. Um, but I do have to say Tana smashed it for her very first competition. Um, I was very, very proud of her. And compared to like my first competition, like, you know, it was awesome. So congrats, Tana, for having the courage to step up and, and really perform. I think yeah. you did great. I echo that too. Well, and I I really love to see the photos because like while you're climbing, you're smiling in every single photo. <laughs> so if you notice that, like my body some of them now, <laughs> I have this huge smile, but my body just kind of like, oh I don't know if I'm doing this. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think really. that's so great. Much- 
that's goals. The smile while you do the thing is goals, you know? Don't let anybody catch you in the try hard face. I will say, just jumping off of that one to try to. Oh, you can it was really, really cool to be able to compete with my son. Joe, you wanted to wait until the deal, but I did okay. Like, I was really confident about area rescue because I've been practicing with, like, Sean Welch and Andrew and, you know, Juan and all of them, and they're really, really good. And Taysom was really confident, too, but I've worked really hard at that work climb, and I tried really hard for it. And then when Taysom came around the corner and he was just like, Mom, I got three balls to climb, and it was like, I did too. And it was like, I don't know. I'm almost going to cry talking about it because it was so, and then everybody like that was around, like noticed, like they were just like, that is so cool. And I don't know. It was, it was just the most amazing. It was the most amazing time. I, I will say that. I had Nicole on video call before and I'm all like made me like stop and like, while trying to like help him, like I'm all soak up as much information and like trying to like, what is it? Osmosis or not osmosis, but where you soak information up, you know? time and then the dinner with Maria wasn't giving me enough so I just had to go off of just trying my hardest <laughs> so one of the questions I want to bring up because you guys all seem to have a very close friendship and a close relationship with one another is is this unusual for people in climbing competitions or is this kind of the norm and what to expect if you participate and you will start to make friendships I think it depends wow. on what kind of attitude you bring into the competition but for the most part I think that's the norm it's a very like inclusive friendly we all want each other to succeed kind of a group I will there I've, I've gathered so many friends in this industry and there's some that have been Maria was one of them and Jimmy Pritchett is another one but I think I've, I finally cracked his egg I think this last time at this last comp he was walking away and he was just like we'll see you later Tana and I was like Oh, he said my name like he likes me because I, sometimes people are kind of like, oh, we don't really know about you. But as, <laughs> as far as that, it's probably what you do in competition. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, it's it um, getting to work at Heartwood. It was already a really tight knit family um, company type atmosphere. Um, but then getting to go out and compete, like it's not every single person that's competing, obviously. The majority of the people there are all excited to see everyone do well. They're also excited to see and they notice when you push beyond maybe your comfort level or maybe how well you did last time. Um, like people will remember weird stuff like uh, just earlier this summer, this summer, someone was like, wow, you never were hitting nines on the throw line event. And now you're hitting them like they're nothing. And I was like, yeah, man, like I've been practicing uh, kettlebells. Kettlebells will help you get there. As far as contracting goes, um, I mean, I'm, we live in, in a van part-time and we're able to go and work with the people that we've met through comps and spend time with them their families, not in a really abbreviated setting that is a tree climbing comp. You know, it's like actually getting to sit down and make a meal together, getting to see their kids run around and play. Now having uh, our daughter, Marley Ann, getting to run around and play with them. Just other stuff too, like getting to know their pets and then maybe they lose their pet and you like feel that pain for them and you're actually able to call them and give them true like empathy. Um, not just Facebook sad faces. It just creates a, a really cool connection with people that mostly care about trees. You know, like some of us do remove them, um, but I would say in general, everybody in, in the comp scene normally really loves trees and cares about them. And it's weird how that can be like, a, that that unites us um, through all sorts of different you know, whether it's different religions or not being religious, um, different political views, uh, different ways of how you think kids should be raised, all sorts of stuff. So it's just, it's pretty cool. I, I said it in my podcast, you know, I feel like the tree people are more connected to the things that there's so many people that are connected to a device and they don't even pay attention to what's going on around them. And I really, and, and this is my true belief, that I feel like the trees in a way help us become stronger and connected better even under the soil like because that's what it's all about you know I mean it's it's not I can go on a snow with that one but anyways I completely agree with her and I think it's more than just I think it's because we're paying attention to the more of the things that matter 
and that's just my own personal opinion but yeah um and one thing that's just been on my mind the entire time is where do you all find the time to do all of this you guys seem incredibly busy with everything going on in your own personal lives and work lives how do you how do you manage your own time to be able to do competitions and the travel and the preparation you know when some of you are parents or contracting out or running your own business it seems like a just a very overwhelming thought to have I personally when I go like when I go to Triapalooza I hooked up with the tree company in in Florida that I'm going to work for for a week just to pay for my trip like whenever I went to the Redwoods like I'll stop and I pretty much kind of like Carney does you know like you meet people and they need help I mean so you just kind of go that's what I do that's how I afford it I mean I don't necessarily know how anybody else does it, but that's my personal. Yeah, I think you make a really, a really good point. You kind of like have to have the privilege of having the time to compete. And I haven't competed since North American in 2019. And in part, because I've decided to put my business forward. And, um, you know, before I went to internationals, I was working 50 plus hours a week. And then meeting Jake Riggs at a park to train, you know, after work and it paid off. It was beautiful. And Jake took my climbing from like, oh my God, like, I can't even tell you, but I was tired. I was really tired. You know, especially if you work for a company that doesn't have a wood moving machine. (laughs) So yeah, it's a commitment. You know, it's not just money. It's not just time. It's, you know, physical, emotional labor, but it's a beautiful community. And, you know, y'all mentioned one of the awesome parts of being able, you know, to be a climbing arborist is you meet this network. And then if you want to, you can, you can be a traveling climbing arborist. Uh, It's, I thought I would have a lot more time after I had a baby and I quit full time production work because I used to prior um would train when I got home from work and then train on the weekends and I do a lot of my training I got really fortunate after I think my second competition I just totally I did not perform very well and um Jamie Pritchard here in Texas kind of took me under his wing And he's really been like my mentor and my coach and kind of an older brother. So on weekends, I actually will either drive up to Fort Worth or out to, it's called Temple, it's near Waco, um, and go train with a couple of guys. So now that looks like, you know, I have a really amazing supportive husband who who lets me have that time to train and encourages me to train, but it is still really hard. It's a really hard, uh, like sacrifice away from family. So I'm just trying to, it's, it's hard to try to balance that, you know, family time versus work time versus climbing time. I still haven't quite figured it out, but, but uh, you do have to kind of make it a priority to train. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to lie, I'm <laughs> pretty tired a lot of the time, and I guess I've just accepted it's a new normal, um, but then normally around competitions, I'll, like the, the week before, um, and then a lot of times the week after, just dependent on travel distance, or um, if we're visiting uh, a triple friend or family. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of cut my work schedule back a little bit and maybe do like a little bit of training uh, and then kind of give myself the, the ability to be like present at like that tree climbing competition. But I am like extremely fortunate um, and pretty privileged that like while I was with Heartwood, they paid for the majority of the competitions that I went to. One year they even... A, a group of us went and they covered the cost of our rental car you know and that that was huge but otherwise I mean I think like competitions are awesome and I'm really grateful that I've gotten to go to them but I think at the same time like if that's not in someone's um, ability at this point in time you know that doesn't mean that you can't go on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon with 
um, some coworkers or maybe some people that work at a different company in the town that you're with or that you live in, you know, and just, just go up and, and get in a tree with them because they might get in the tree different than you or mm -hmm. um, they might climb around different. You know, you can just hang a hammock and hang out and just get to be in that space that the majority of people on this planet don't ever get to see what we see up in those trees. And so I think that for me, like competitions, like rejuvenate me a little bit, but sometimes just sitting in the tree with friends is also what gives me the, the energy to keep going uh, with a, an under two-year-old and <laughs> uh, the numerous house projects that we have and then constantly trying to figure out uh, my schedule to work with everyone that was trying to get me to work on their jobs. So it's, yeah, it's hard to explain, Joe, I'm sorry, but it's like really exhausting, but at the same time, like it gives you energy, I guess. So. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, Betsy, I don't want to leave you out because everybody else gave their answer for it. Oh, I mean, I think, you know, I like, uh, like Star mentioned, I think first and foremost, I have like a super supportive husband who loves to watch me compete and like loves how much I love to climb and loves to see me enjoy that, you know? I also like, I feel like one of the most important things for me is being realistic with myself, but I can't really afford to go every weekend and be at every single climbing competition there is. So like, I try to like set like a realistic idea of, hey, I'd like to do this and, and maybe a little later I'd like to do that. And then, you know, kind of have my year planned out roughly before I get started. And then I agree with everyone else is that I'm really tired all the time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's okay though. Cause I mean, I'm tired and I'm still, you know I'm doing what I want to be doing. So I really think, I mean, if that's not just like the point of life in general, like what is it, you know? So I might be tired, but at least I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing when I'm, you know, when I'm doing it. I think I just want to like also highlight how I would feel like what Nicole said is so important. If you feel like you don't have the energy or the time to compete, but you really want to connect. I just want to encourage anybody that's like shy and doesn't want to reach out to just find somebody that you know is safe and good and reach out to them. And, and, you know, maybe it's just like a, a Saturday morning climb or something like that. I did that a lot, you know, Chris Coates, Brick Riley, Sean Welch, Jake Riggs, I mean, the Levangie sisters, uh, I could go on. And, you know, that's partly because I'm not super shy about reaching out to people directly. Um, but I just want to encourage folks that, that that network and that connection can still be made. And it's it's super beautiful and super, you know, like expansive. Yeah, when I went into the WTCW, there was Star and Amanda, and I thought they were like, oh my gosh, these are rock stars. And I still think that nothing about that has ever changed. But it's it's so easy to like, hey, Star, you want to like, you, you want to meet up? You want to climb? And it was like, she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to climb with me. But it's <laughs> like, once you start making these connections, and I'll put my name out there. I'm not as good as some of these. I'm, I mean, I'm not the worst. I think her can get better at a lot of things, but I'll put my name out there. Like if I'm in Charlotte or in Texas, anytime anybody out there would want to go climb. I mean, I travel. I love to climb. I have extra gear. Let's do it. Caching is fun too. So um, <laughs> trio caching, like they hide the little, like there's a little like box up in the tree with like a little thing and you can sign your name and then, um, didn't I'm you not. and Tessa go look for that, Betsy? Yeah, we did. I thought so. I talked to her the other day. Our wish. So just looking down at the time, I only got you guys for, for an hour. Um, so one last thing. I, I just want to ask one last question that I'll open up for you guys to say whatever we haven't been able to talk about. But what's one piece of advice for anyone in the industry that you have, whether it's bettering yourself through climbing competition, making connections, what's, what is one piece of advice you can give to make those kind of connections so they can improve um, both in a professional level, but also on a personal level? I'll go first. I on my podcast. I, I feel like passionately curious, be passionately curious. I, nobody really has ever turned me down for being passionately curious. And I don't feel like I would ever turn anybody down if they were genuinely passionately curious about what was going on and how to do it better. That's my advice. Betsy, what's uh, your advice? I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's right along with yours. Honestly, like, so it's, 
it's pretty parallel. So what you're going to say, I feel like I know we mentioned in our group text earlier, I think it was Maria mentioned about um, Maria and Nicole about the shortage of people, you know, some sometimes it's hard to find, you know, in your own little niche of people like someone who wants to train you and wants to share their knowledge with you. And for a multitude of reasons that we will sometimes, you know, they're valid, sometimes they're not. But um, I feel like something that has served me well and like something that I, you know, you have, I have to remind myself of, but after a while it just becomes, you know, part of you is that like, no matter how much, you know, if you are walking into any situation with the, the, uh, the mindset of being openly teachable and being an open vessel, I feel like, I feel like that's like, like reaches out to, the, you know, the sage or the elder or whoever, the, the person with the knowledge, you know, that you're seeking. Because I really, I think, I feel like, you know, as we're, you know, most of what we're talking about centers around, around learning and learning from each other and making these connections. And I think in varying degrees, it's all student teacher relationship, whether, whether you're students together or you're the student and they're the teacher, or sometimes you're the teacher and you find students. Um, I feel like, just always, always being open and being teachable. Because just because, I mean, I know how to do something three different ways, but Tana knows three other different ways. And, you know, Maria knows another three and then we can put all that together or I can say, no, I already know how to do that, thanks. You know, so I feel like just being open and, you know, having that, that teachable mentality anywhere that you go into, you're going to find people who want you know, to connect with you in that, in that way. I 100% agree with what Betsy said. She kind of stole what I was going to say. So thanks a lot, Betsy. <laughs> Maybe you can edit it. So switch us. <laughs> um, now I think along with like being teachable is um, something I've learned along the way is even in those bad negative situations, you can still learn and take what you're going to learn and then leave the rest and move forward um don't hang on to to bad things learn from it improve and move forward um yeah that was Betsy put that really well um I was gonna say as well is there are a lot of tree companies there's a lot of people that do tree work and I think to advance arboriculture to the next level um, to get, you know, just more different people uh, in the industry. I think uh, making sure that you're finding a safe, a safe environment, like a safe space, uh, that your um, passion for curiosity is going to be encouraged and welcomed, that you know, you're not just another cog in the machine, um, but also you're not, you know, being put down if you're trying to grow or trying to learn new things. Um, if you're in that kind of environment, I would suggest that if you can, it would be best to try and find something that is is better. Um, it's, you know, going to look at ways to grow you as a person and as um, an arborist or a climber or, you know, in plant healthcare or any of those needs that our industry is, is searching for in a awkward labor shortage right now. Be awesome, but still like also make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Don't, don't get taken advantage of. Y'all are awesome. I feel so grateful. I think what I would say is um, the industry's relationship with trees has been created by mostly people of one demographic. And we're in this space now in time where that's changing and it's changing fairly rapidly. And my advice and my hope um, is that we question that relationship. And not in a righteous way, not in a way that says you're doing this wrong or you're hurting this tree or whatever, but a way that says, I wonder what would happen if we studied a little bit about the physics and the biology and the physiology, or if we looked into creating uh, 
um, a proactive arm of our company that tried to educate before we showed up to construction damage or, or ideas like that. Um, I would, I would encourage people to think differently because that's, that's where we are as an industry and as a species. No, thank you. Thank you all for the advice and your thoughts. I really appreciate them. And I just want to open it up to all of you. Is there anything else that you want to say or talk about that we didn't get a chance to at all? I do want to I am grateful. Thank you, Joe, for allowing us to do this. I'm just sitting here with this big old smile on my heart, just like, I have the coolest friend. Like, that's all there is to it. Real quick, like, shout out whether or not this makes your podcast or not. But uh, It'll make it, don't uh, worry. <laughs> um, Park Street, Inc., Cleveland, Cleveland area, Ohio, is always happy to host any um, climbers in general, but we especially love, like, you know, a female climber visit for a few days. Anybody, you know, we kind of kind of take it as, I feel like charity is the wrong word, but like sort of an opportunity that maybe if you weren't going to be afforded it elsewhere, um, you can come and hang out with us and climb and work for a couple of days. And, you know, maybe you're not able to find the opportunities where you're at currently or whatnot, you know, long-term, yeah, but short-term too. And, you know, work out um, lodging, things like that. But it's kind of something that I like to put out there whenever possible that like there's, um, there's an open place and you're welcome. So if you can't, if you, you know, feel like you can't find that somewhere else and you're looking for it, we're here. They have a pool that they built themselves. I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that's here. Like the, the female climber fam, I'm so, so, so grateful to be a part of you. And this, that, I don't know. It brings me joy to, you know, I haven't seen Betsy and Star in so long and it's, it's fantastic. And it brings me joy to be able to be a part of this group. And I also just want to say thank you to you, Joe, because yeah, any chance we can raise women's voices and connect is absolutely, it's, it's huge in this industry. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of on the ground starting at some company, know they want to work in trees, but feel like they're alone. And it's important for them to hear voices. So thank you for using your platform in that way. And uh, Tana, for putting it together. I appreciate you. Sure, appreciate you too, man.